0: my calculations are correct when this baby hits 88
1: miles per hour you're gonna see some serious shit They're here.
0: do you really think you have a chance against us Mr. Cowboy yippee ki motherfucker it's showtime Right, welcome everybody to another episode of the VHS Strikes Back. I am one of your hosts, Chris Felds, my co-host and very good friend is Mr.
1: Dave Horrocks. Hey there, Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to the VHS Strikes Back, the show where we dust off the old video player and go on a nostalgic journey to look at the good and the bad movies of yesteryear. Now, Chris, what are we going to review this week?
0: Well, Dave, it's my pick. It's a movie I've been sat on for ages thinking we've got to do it, and then I'm like, I don't want to do it because it might be something that ruins a movie quite enjoyed as a kid. But <laughs> I had a sort of five foot, six foot cutout of the two main characters in this. So this one stars Clint Eastwood, the legend, and Charlie Sheen. It's from my sweet spot of 1990, Dave. And this <laughs> one's called The Rookie. So do you remember anything about this, Dave?
1: I didn't really remember this at all. And when you you talked about it, I was like, yeah, that doesn't ring a bell at all. But I tell you what, going through it, it is so familiar. I think I have seen this, I, but probably just the once. And there's certain things that jump out. I mean, this this is like the nexus of everything for you, isn't it? It's 1990. It's a buddy cop movie. <laughs> I can see why this is definitely your sweet spot. But no, I think... I mean, I was a big fan. We spoke a little bit before we came on air, didn't we, about... Uh, you know, you and I both loved Any Which Way But Loose and then Any Which Way You Can as well. I remember Cl- Clint Eastwood more from those kind of movies, you know, kind of late 70s, more so than the Spaghetti Westerns. But, you know, obviously remember him from Good, Bad and the Ugly and things like that. So, uh, you know, and, and, and obviously Dirty Harry and stuff like that. So this one, you know, in our in our household, you know, would have been up there in the video rentals, but uh, it, it would have been just one of those that watched didn't really resonate that much. I would have enjoyed it at the time, but yeah, had had no real memory of it until I came to to go back through it and watch it again. I mean, how about yourself, Chris?
0: Yeah, it's, it's funny because the reason I picked this, obviously nine ninety, but I did enjoy Young Guns, and I know when we watched that, I was a bit disappointed in the original Young Guns, and Charlie Sheen was in that. And I remember Men at Work with his brother, where they were the Bin Men. I remember that one, Dave. I quite like that one. Have you seen that one with Emilio Estevez? No. Yeah. Him and his brother, Emilio Estevez, the two BIM. It come off the back of Young Guns. So this, they was. I, I can't remember it properly, but they were two BIM men and it was like a comedy. And I, I, I mean, it's probably absolutely fucking terrible. But, uh, it was <laughs> I a used men to. At,
1: men at work. I probably, oh, it is ringing a bit of a bell, but you know what's flashing in my mind is the opening to Commando. <laughs> Oh, right. <laughs> when they're collecting, <laughs> collecting the trash. But yeah, I, I used to really like Emilio Estevez back in the day. So I, I probably have watched that one, but I just can't think of a particular scene or anything at the minute.
0: Yeah, well, it's just, and, and yeah, I, I get it. I was after sending sh- send you the VHS cover later, but it, it just, I don't know. I just really fancied this. I like Clint Eastwood, like you say, Any Which Way But Loose, Any Which Way You Can. I, I love both of them movies. You know, and like you say, I'm. I'm I think they still stand up. I've watched them both recently. I love them anyway. I'm always watching the the bar fights in that movies and stuff like that. And I just liked a bit of Clint. I mean, he did one. He did, I think it was the Dirty Harry was, he was about the fifth one, was around San Francisco around this time where there's a remote control car chasing after him. And it goes up and down the hills where like, where Steve McQueen does it in Bullet and that. and, And he's like trying to get away from it. So I remember that. This is pretty much Dirty Harry and the reviews are like, it's Dirty Harry five and a half because Eastwood yeah. is Dirty Harry, but he's called Nick Polovsky, which is just random as hell. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I just liked a bit of Charlie Sheen. Then I remember the VHS calling, oh, I've got to watch this. I think it was about a 15 in the UK. So I managed to go with my grandparents to get it. But then I bought the X-Rental and I had the big stand-up post in my bedroom as well for the mm. rookie. So it was one of them sleeper movies that I really enjoyed as a kid. But I must admit, Dave, once it got to about 91, 92, and not 91, maybe about 94, I've not seen it. I've not seen it. I've, I've not watched it. And it's never been in the conversation for like in my top 20 movies, which has got 50 of them, as we all know. So I, I don't know why I never watched it again, but yeah, I just fell off, but I was always intrigued thinking this is the perfect platform to watch it again. Mm. Sometimes Dave, it's best just to keep things quiet. Well, anyway, there you go. (laughs)
1: There's the thing, it's a double-edged sword, this podcast, isn't it? Because you go back and you're like, oh, I used to love this one. And then it, sometimes it's like, oh, it stands up really well. Other times, fuck, I've cut my own bollocks off. So yes. <laughs> again, again. <laughs> you are on fire this year, <sighs> you know, sort of uh, letting people peek at the cards a little bit. But um no, Chris, I, I was actually looking up a little bit about Clint Eastwood and, uh you know, some of his background and stuff, because... The fact that, um, you know, they're going on about him like he's like he's Polish. I'm like, I'm not fucking having that. He, he's got to be, you know, English slash Irish Scottish descent, and sure enough, he is, but a bit of Dutch in there as well. And apparently, though, when he was born, uh, the the nurses and stuff nicknamed him Samson because he was fucking eight. Uh, sorry, eight. He was eleven pounds six ounces. <laughs> Fucking his okay, mother, no. <laughs> Must have Fucking. Yeah, I've been through a rough time there, but um, he's descended from uh, his ancestors came across on the Mayflower, so they was about sixteen twenty or something that, and he was he was part of the Puritans. Who were like a very religious group and uh, slightly problematic there, but yeah. So, so it just satisfied my curiosity that he was kind of like, say, a bit of it, bit of British and Irish, let's say, and and Dutch. It, it's the fucking Dutch that will have uh, made him particularly big and tall. I think. I Don't know if you've been to the Netherlands, Chris, but fucking hell, they're, they're all tall over there. I always feel like a bright fucking umpalumper when I'm there, <laughs> even more than normal. <laughs>
0: You said that I didn't say a word. Yeah. There you go. Um, oh my God, what a legend, Dave. And what again, the only thing I can say is Any Which Way But Loose should have been my pick. But, but let, let me not ruin what I'm going to say anyway, Dave. So there you go.
1: Well, Chris, should we get into our trailer? Let's go. Jaws, for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who's up front in the cab? Santa Claus.
0: And I'm the Tooth Fairy. Clint Eastwood is Sergeant Nick Pawlowski. what you might call a seasoned cop. Charlie Sheen is Detective David Ackerman, what you definitely call a rookie. Good work, kid. Now read them their rights. Oh, I want to talk about music. Dave. They got, like dragging around after <laughs> you all day. I hate it. And I hate the way you drive. Shut up. Shoot her. Shoot her now. There's got to be a hundred reasons why I don't blow
1: you away. Right now, I can't think of one. It's time for me to stop being scared. And for other people to start. When I go, I go as a bang. Fasten your seatbelt. Eastwood, Charlie Sheen, Raul Julia, Sonia Braga. The Rookie. Not too far from your thoughts, am I? From my nightmares is more like it. Nick Polovsky and his partner are assigned to a case of taking down the criminal empire of a German felon, Strom, who engages in grand theft auto for his chop shop operations. During an encounter with Strom and his men, who are loading a semi-trailer with stolen cars, Polovsky's partner is shot dead by Strom. Nick, despite efforts to catch the criminals on the highway, ends up losing them and is subsequently taken off the case by Lieutenant Raymond Garcia, who assigns him a new partner, David Ackerman, a rookie cop who only recently got promoted to detective. Now, Chris, what do you reckon to the opening of this movie? (laughs) Um,
0: yeah, he was good in the 90s, Dave. <laughs> really good in the 90s. Um, yeah, this movie. What, what's weird is Clint Eastwood, and you can clearly hear it, hear it in the trailer, he's always got that gravel, gritty, you know, like nastiness to his voice. Like, the proper Dirty Harry stuff, the don't give a shit type of attitude. In this, it's like he's doing hot shots, which is quite apt because Charlie Sheen's in this, mm. and he's playing him, himself, but as a parody. Like they do on Saturday Night Live and that, because his dialogue, his voice sounds weird. It's just, oh, it's absolutely terrible, this. I mean, I cannot believe I really enjoyed it. I'm, I I've am love some absolute shit movies, you know that, but this is fucking rubbish. Like, the, <laughs> the whole thing, the, the idea behind it, I mean, it's a Grand Theft Auto thing, and Ackerman, Charlie Sheen's character, is loaded. He's from an absolute privileged background but he wants to be a cop and he, and he wants to be assigned to Grand Theft Auto. And we've got all this like dialogue, but Charlie Sheen is terrible. He's absolutely awful in this movie. Like from the way he tries to fight, he looks like he's fucking doing the river dance. All oh, right, Dave, it's terrible. It really is a shit movie. And one of the criticisms with this was, uh, Raul Julia plays Strom, he's supposed to be Ulrich Strom, he's supposed to be German. <laughs> yeah. Sonja Braga uh, is his wife Lizelle Strom. And they're both from South American origin. Yeah. And they're both, in all the reviews when I've read it this week, and that's all everyone's gone on about. Why would you get, why you just pl- get them to be Mexican cartel? Or Colombian
1: or something. Or, yeah,
0: yeah, Colombian or, or whatever, but no to get them to play fucking German. And they're like, what is your name? You know, it's terrible. <laughs> it's
1: like, hello, hello, yeah. <laughs> with the the Madonna with the big boobies. boobies yeah. <laughs> Good morning. Yeah, it's terrible. It is a strange, strange choice, isn't it? And I can only think that, you know, the writers have written this to be, uh, you know, like a diehard. You know, this is. Um, Oh, what's his name? The diehard bloke. Uh, Hans John Gruber. McClane. Oh, Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber. So, yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah. Oh, that a well-known German. John McClane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to, to the to party, party pal. <laughs> that sounds like You big guy A, trash fucking porno, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the party. <laughs> Well, that's taken a turn. A <laughs> yeah, so so you've got Scott Spiegel and Boaz Yakin, and I guess they, they they've got to been influenced by Hans, and so they've just written this to be uh, you know a German duo, if you like, and then they've cast cast them Sonja Braga and, and Raul um Julia, and they're like well, I'm not fucking changing the script. (laughs) 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 They've got to be German. There is no reason for them to be German, unless you say, well, oh yeah, Germans and cars, you know, BMW, Audi, there's a link there, you know, they're well into their cars, the Germans. It it makes no fucking sense whatsoever. But that 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 is not the worst thing about (laughs) this movie. I was kind of going into this thinking, I could see this being a bit of a hidden gem, you know, what a cast, you know, how can this be bad? But I think I'm struggling to find anyone who seems like they're really bought into this. I mean, Clint Eastwood is basically playing Dirty Harry, but one who has like just been ground down by life and doesn't give a shit anymore. You know, even some of these lines that they're, they're almost good, but not quite. So, like the line that we just heard in the trailer there sticks out. So it's like, oh, I'm Santa Claus. And I'm the Tooth Fairy. Well, sorry, was that funny? Like, you know, (laughs) I'm I'm waiting for for some kind of Arnie level one-liner, and you're like, I don't get it. You know, Arnie's one-liners always had to, you know, it was always some play on words, wasn't it? You know, like when he kills the guy in Commando uh, on the plane, and he's like, he's like about his partner. He's like, oh, he's dead tired. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, or, or when he kills, uh, is it Buzzsaw in Running Man? He's like, he had to split. <laughs> you know, yes. It's always clever, <laughs> but I'm the fucking Tooth Fairy to the, the Santa Claus thing. To me, that was just all oh, right. It's a fictional character. That's what we're doing. All right, okay. <laughs> you know, but it's not funny. So and, and fucking Charlie Sheen, Chris. Jesus Christ, I, I don't. I guess he was hot shit around this time, wasn't he? But not good at all i'm not buying him as this rookie cop and i'll, I'll keep my powder dry for later when he becomes lauren fucking abaddon <laughs> 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 he, he more than anyone just seems to be sleepwalking through this whole movie
0: yeah and and the co- you're right because the coincidences of it all obviously nick's ca- uh, what happens at the start is nick and his original partner go on this car rig, bit like gone in 60 seconds in it. thought, or that's what he works in. And the, Raul Julie is there, but he's on the job and he's being warned that he shouldn't be showing his face. Cause he's the kingpin, you know, and he ends up shooting Nick's partner who, who dies, I think Dave, but when Nick goes back to the police station, none of them are like dead upset. He's lost. his oh, I'm sorry about, you know, whatever your partner's called. It's just sort of like, yeah, sorry about that. Like it's nothing like it's, a cop's been killed in the line of duty. and, It's like
1: like Luke Skywalker, though, isn't it? He meets fucking Obi-Wan Kenobi for a day. And his uh, aunt and uncle, who've raised him from, you know, a a baby, have been mercilessly slaughtered and burned alive. And he's like, oh, I can't believe Obi-Wan Kenobi's gone. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) man.
0: It's true, though. <laughs> it's so true. And, and, and like, he gets shot. So then next minute, Ackerman's there because he's got this promotion. He wants to go on Grand Theft Auto Department. They put him with Nick. Nick does the usual thing with his lieutenant. Pushes Ackerman out the door. Yeah, see you later, kid. And he's like, no, this is your partner. And then we get this, like, it's so true. We get this, like, lethal weapon partnership trying to nurture. But it just feels stunted and really awkward. And Charlie Sheen is never, ever an action... Uh, you know, hero or anything. I don't care. I know he got in shape for hot shots and it was a piss take movie, but I never, ever took him seriously as, as a proper action man. When he's done a couple of films, he's rubbish in this. I mean, the whole idea that he's from this privileged background and like Nick ends up finding Raul Julia, which reminds me of Beverly Hills Cop 2 when they go to like the Playboy mansion and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he, and he goes to him and he's there straight away. But Ackerman's got this membership at the fucking country club and he's ordering all this top food and Clint's being a dick. And we get flashes of Sonia Braga, he's, he's, you know, the wife, Lizelle Storm, who is really pretty, Dave. She's Brazilian. Like, it just... And the, what Clint's 60. And for some reason, Sonia's giving this grubby cigar-smoking cop the blood light of day when Raul Julia's there with a fucking multimillionaire. But for some reason, she's got a fucking... <laughs> I'm saying it, but she's getting excited over Clint anyway, but there you
1: go. When you're a younger man, right? A a lady like Sonia Braga stood over you. I, I think it would be fairly straightforward to stand to attention. Um, fucking hell when when, so so if he was like 16 and not 60 as he is in 1990 um you just need to have someone acknowledge you in the in the hallway and at school and then that's it it's like oh fucking hell (laughs) hand in the pocket let's hide that um (laughs) (laughs) the thing is he's fucking 60 and she's sort of straddling on it straddling him come on He's not like plied him with Viagra or something. I'm not having that. He's been fucking beaten up, and he he can he can do the business at that point. But like you say, he's been beaten to shit. Um, it makes no sense toward for me at all. But I can imagine back in 19 or the early 90s, Chris. I imagine you quite enjoyed this scene.
0: Yeah, and and. When- <laughs> This scene, (laughs) you go. This scene was like absolutely thrown under the coals. Like Clint Eastwood got so much stick for this movie. He got a lot of stick anyway because how bad it is. But this movie especially, and this scene was thinking because basically it's one of the probably the only scenes at this point in cinema where a man actually gets raped by a woman. Dave, that's that was the whole context.
1: Is it really? I mean, he didn't really seem to be too traumatized at the time or after when it's on all the video screens. You know what I mean? No, no. Can I, you I mean, imagine? You know, yeah, it's like, I, oh no, please stop. Well, I've told you, I've said it on this podcast, that
0: famous, don't, I'm a virgin. That's oh, yeah. remix. that's on YouTube. I know for a fact, Dave, that one of my childhood memories was to get absolutely, as we know about Helga, Dave, but absolutely (laughs) taken (laughs) apart by an older woman. (laughs) There is fine lines there. I know that, guys. There's nothing to laugh about, but... This scene was definitely a shoulder inducing fucking scene for me, Dave. Definitely. <laughs> and it wasn't Clint Eastwood I was thinking about, yeah. honest, honest, your honor, <laughs> with them ch- chiseled jawline and wonderful chest at 60 years old, Dave. But no, honestly, I just had a thing about uh, Sonia Bragg my, you know, like, I like la- la- Latino look, Dave. That's my. My thing, so I was like, "Yeah, this is definitely probably why." I good job, Sam video. doesn't listen
1: to this, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs>
0: no, you say, she's in the garden, sunbathing, so we're all right. I could be as cocky as possible. If she comes in, i will be like, "Yeah," and then what happened?
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear me! I mean, he he did like the the Unforgiven, didn't he? Two years after this, I, I don't Great movie. I just he's directed so many good things. I. I just feel like his heart maybe wasn't in this or maybe he learned certain things during this. I I believe Charlie Sheen was a bit of a nightmare around this time. So I think he was just struggling with, you know, directing everything in the background and being the actor as well. I, I always think the director's job is fucking hard unless you've got a team around you making sure that, you know, someone's looking after the budget, who's scheduling, how, how do we know like six weeks from now we have to be at this location and I need, you know, these actors for this scene and I need all these, I need at least 30 extras as well to be there. So someone has to be hiring and putting out the feelers for that, organizing all that shit. You know, you need a good team around you. And if you don't, you're going to end up doing it all yourself or more of it yourself and then to get into character and then put in a performance in front of the camera as well, it must be fucking hard. And I, I don't know whether it's just that, his is attention's diverted. And so, you know, I, I just don't think he's very good in this or, or maybe his heart just wasn't in it.
0: Yeah, it, and I think you're right. It, its It's like he was trying to show people he can make a Dirty Harry movie, but without having Dirty Harry name on it. I don't know. It, it, you're right. It felt like it was just sort of... He pitched the movie. They've gone, there you go. We're going to let you make it. And he's gone, oh, shit. And they've given me a budget of nearly 22 million to make it. And I, I, the, the whole movie, the, pre- the premise of the movie is just like a lethal weapon, Beverly Hills cop type movie, is it, Dave? Your buddy cop thing, you know. Because Clint Eastwood's character, Nick gets kidnapped for nearly 20 minutes of the movie. One mm. moment he's obviously... He's getting tied up and fucking taken advantage of by Braga. And then Charlie Sheen
1: from bosses nowhere. Yeah, Boss is that when you're the privileged. director.
0: <laughs> wanna, wanna, yeah, yeah. Just do, because they, they say that in the reviews, like Braga was really uncomfortable. You can even see it when she's trying to be serious, like mm. she's enjoying it. She really was uncomfortable with this. But I think one of the things which happens earlier on the movie, and it's sort of like a subplot, is Nick goes into this biker bar has to speak to this guy who's obviously is informant, gives this guy coat, which is probably sugar or something. The guy goes mad. But while he's at the bar, Nick's saying to Charlie Sheen, David, watch your ass, kid, because if you're not, someone else will. He gets to the bar, barman blows smoke in his face, and then he gets he, he gets a couple of digs, here, but he gets mm. hammered, don't he? And then Clint comes with a gun, shoots every, like in the air, and takes the piss, saying, like, oh, I want everyone to give me your parking permits or whatever it is, you know, driving license or something. And everyone laughs and then he gets, and he gets absolutely hammered. So Charlie Sheen's character from this moment in is just covered in bruises, but a guy called Loco takes his police badge Mm. and he's got it in his pocket. So the subplot is they find out who Ackerman is when Nick's like held up and this Loco pretends to be their sergeant. to go and get his missus. Don't need to kill his missus. So, Nick seems to be at every turn before he gets kidnapped, they're, they're, they're basically infiltrating everything. And then David actually bottles shooting at, well, Lizelle Storm, Shonny Bargay, the bottles shooting at dunny, and then you see it in the trailer and basically they get away. And that's how they get all the Nick, but from nowhere, it's like, he's Rocky in Rocky free <laughs> David. And he's been beaten within a, you know, he's down as low as he can go. And like you say, all of us, and you read it in the trailer. It's like, I'm not gonna be afraid no more, and it's like <laughs> let's kick like John Candy, around and he just kicks some ass. And it reminds me of that. I guess. Clinton's already said on a police fucking salary, he's got these expensive cars and motorbikes in his fucking just in the in these back garden, Dave. They're not undercover. He's got a 1940 odd Harley Davidson, which I'm sure is the same one that Logan drives in in the Wolverine in Wolverine, mm. and. It's just on a cop salary, Dave, with this. And it was expensive bike then. And then Charlie gets it going and David gets the bike going that Nick's not been able to. I just flick in a switch. And then that's the tool that he uses. Not a police car, not a fucking tank. No, he goes to Nick's and steals his Harley Davidson day. He's <laughs> fucking <laughs> bollocks. It
1: really is. Yeah, it's almost like the Bat- Batman sort of syndrome, isn't it? He's got all this wealth and privilege at his fingertips. But no, he wants to be a... A cop you know chasing down criminals for grand theft auto it's like there's no real there's no real understanding of why is he giving up this whole life when he could surely in that position do a lot more good for a lot more people and you keep getting this these flashbacks don't you and honestly the flashbacks feel like parody to me where it's like come on Jump! (laughs) He's going back, and he lost his brother, you know, because they jumped over that that kind of gap, and he'd ended up falling down to his death, and blames himself. It it just—I don't know what it was. It it reminded me like fucking airplane or top secret or something. Or, or, funnily enough, Hot Shots. You know that level of parody, and it just—it's utter nonsense. But when Nick does get captured, and you know, you get uh, Sonia Braga's like amateur you know, well, that's going to come back to haunt you a little bit later. But he, he has gets shot three times in the back, doesn't he? But he's got a bulletproof vest. But they don't know that. They just think uh they've killed him. I mean, why you wouldn't give him one in the head just to make sure? I don't know. But, you know, for the story, and you can see it obviously hurts because you get the scene when he's in the, the bathroom and you can see he's, like, got the marks on his back and stuff. But that seems to be the moment, Chris, when he's taken – i don't know about Rocky. He's fucking steve rogers and he's taking the super soldier <laughs> serum <laughs> because he goes back into the bar where he got his ass kicked you know by the most stereotypical latino actors you've ever seen and then he's like kicking ass and taking names as he says later on in the movie but to fucking everyone and it just reminds me was it Oh, which one was it? Was it No Treat, No Surrender 3 when he goes into the bar and just absolutely pummels everyone? Well, that's him. I don't care fucking if you're Bruce Lee. If you walk into a bar and there's like 20 blokes there, sheer numbers will <laughs> overcome all of that shit. But yeah, he's, he just goes in there and starts kicking everyone's ass. And it, he's basically become Nick. That That's kind of a theme that they play, you know, when they when they go to punch each other and they just catch the punch right there, you know again laws define laws of physics really, but you know they are sort of saying like he's becoming Nick, he's mentored by Nick, and it's just Chris, it's nonsense.
0: It is, and you're right. I mean you you you've made a good example really of Obi Wan and Luke in Star Wars because they're only together a couple of days. Yeah. And he's already, like, wants Nick to become his fucking surrogate dad sort of thing. I mean, <laughs> David goes, because Nick's um, kidnaps, David goes to his own dad, and that's like a complete spoiled brat, clears the dad's boardroom and says, uh, I want $2 million. And he's like, right, a good man's been kidnapped. And his dad's like, okay
1: yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) not like oh can i borrow 200 quid dad have you got anything no i want two million pound which dollars which at that point would have been a lot worth a lot more than what it is now it's still two million dollars all day it's still enough to retire on his dad just doesn't even flinch goes okay son
1: no problem yeah and (laughs) and then his dad is a fucking legend isn't he i know he's minted but Considering how fucking David treats him, <laughs> you know, he's, he's very accommodating. It's um, it's Tom Skerritt, isn't it? So he's in Top yes. Gun.
0: Yes, he is. Yeah. yeah he's the, the major in it, the other curve. Yeah, yeah. But you're right, Dave, really bizarre. And and David's acting like a little fucking spoiled brat, isn't he, really, through this yeah. movie. But I've got a pull up, Dave. The worst part of the movie for me is so you, I, you might not remember this, but you you watch the Fall guy with obviously, oh, yeah yeah yeah. So do you remember the start when he'd introduce him, so you get you know at the time to kiss and and the it, kissing and, and then it, 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 you know <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and you get a lot and then you'd see you'd see Doug Dingy, who played Howie and obviously you'd see mm, um, yeah yeah have a is it, have a. Whatever name is the, the, is the it, girl. I want to Heather say Heather Graham. Graham. It's not Heather, Heather Graham, Graham, it? not Heather Graham, is it? Heather Graham, no. Um, I can picture
1: it, Chris. Trust oh, me. Oh, I can I, picture it. We the saloon doors, Dave. Oh, Many a time those saloon come... doors. That meant oh, it was God. Friday night. <laughs> yeah, it did. Private time in the Phelps household. But there you go. I was uh, a bit no. young back then, but uh, certainly she she was awakening feelings that I didn't know I had at that oh, point. She
0: was, Dave, at that point, her and Daisy. Heather <laughs> Thomas. Heather Thomas, I said, her and Daisy Duke were two of the fittest yeah. women, and most beautiful women I'd ever seen at that point in my career, Dave. But um, your career, yeah, beautiful <laughs> in my career, in my, in my wanking career. But
1: um, You're fucking lecturers. <laughs>
0: <Yeah. laughs> I was only a child, Dave. You know, but, but um, a teenager. Sorry, not a child, a teenager. If you don't mind. Uh, but, but no there's a bit where the introduced Doug Thingy's is how it, and he does that thing where he he rolls his shoulders backwards and forwards. You, you, I'm doing yeah, it now. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Don't you? That's what Charlie Sheen does when he's fighting. He like, he gets in this weird stance where his hands are down. He's not protecting his face at all. So he'd get knocked out. His jaw's getting dropped there, but he's like dancing with him. Like he's fucking doing the cha-cha slides. Yeah. <laughs> and when he's in the bar, like you said, and he goes full up Lauren Avadon, like, when you see Mel Gibson, Martin Riggs, you're convinced that he could go in a room with six or seven guys and he could come out with them. You do see it in some of the movies and that he could come out unscathed or he come out and he's the only one standing because he's an absolute psycho that other people, the sub text in the movies, like, Oh, he's he's an absolute psycho. He wants a pension. You know, he's an, he he can take people out. He's one of the best uh, marksmen in that we've ever seen. And all this, so there's all these things that are going to come Later on in the movie that are believable, I believe that because I believe Martin Riggs is an absolute loose cannon and he just doesn't care whether he gets hurt. Charlie Sheen's got so much to lose, but all of a sudden he's learned martial arts from nowhere. He's doing these <laughs> shit kicks that are really bad, Steven Seagal levels of, of shit, Dave. Like the kicks, and and he's doing these weird like front. A crescent kicks deep. Te- I mean, you do a deep kick, don't no, you? The front, but it, Dave, it's fucking terrible. And and when it, the only thing that takes him down are the dogs, and he kills ball for them, yeah. so it's like fucking hell. So. That scene is awful. And then he realises that Locos at his fucking apartment, done not pretty much soon. Mm. And he has to, and he wrecks the bike. He goes through the front door on the because yeah. His wife's <laughs> getting garroted with the bloody uh, chicken wire. Yeah,
1: but. Yeah, yeah. What a film, Dave. What a terrible I thought that was, that was quite brutal, that. Well, you know, she's try, She's essentially getting strangled there. But, I mean, she recovers pretty well. But, um, you know. What I would say, Chris, because we have been beaten all, up on this movie quite a bit, the stunts in this are pretty phenomenal, some of them. like There's a bit where, where David rescues Nick, and then they have to drive out of the window. Now, again, you have to put physics to one side. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, but he drives out the window, and you can see, certainly from the side view, that looks like a, a genuine, you know, it's a practical effect you know that car is flying out and the flames are right behind it but then it, it sort of ruins it because you cut to the the front view and you get um Nick saying to David put your seatbelt on <laughs> you know, or something like that um and it, it's clearly behind a you know a green screen or or what have you but no i think the the stunts in this are actually pretty good way better than the rest of the performance and and again i guess it, it just seems to me they've focused maybe more on the stunts in this than the actual story and, and performance and acting and whatever.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. It, it, that's quite iconic that scene, Dave. That's been using like other things in the movies from like the 90s. I've seen it with the car the Mercedes gets fucking red. Obviously, like you mm. say the physics mean nothing. The fact that they're totally unscathed, again nothing at all. They, they would have brought the fucking back to the way that car landed, Dave. But yeah, and, and I think the bike stuff, these this over-the-shoulder stuff is clearly not Charlie Sheen, but the guy is riding <laughs> yeah. that bike like an absolute bandit. So I, I agree with that. I do think there is some good, good stunts in this day. That's a very good point.
1: I think there's something, daft like it, it holds the world record or something for the the ratio of stuntmen to actual actors. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it's like all these fantastic stunts and uh, yeah, it does look good. I tell you what, I wouldn't say it jarred with me. It's something just felt very much of the time. Obviously, this is 1990. This is pre-911, isn't it? And the fact that everyone's very liberal with their use of guns anyway, but, but using it, like shooting up everywhere in the airport. And fuck me, the airport security are fucking shit, aren't they? <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> everyone's just legging it through, shooting up the place. I just thought, I wonder if they'd have that now you know, in a, in an airport or if it's still just in mean, crisis over 20 years ago now, isn't it? But it still feels raw.
0: Yeah. And that's interesting because obviously don't forget you've had that, you have die Hard two around this time, Dave, and that's mm, fucking yeah, questionable yeah. as well. That's that is right, really yeah. questionable. That one, because it, you know, it's like anything, unless you're the superhero, the one man army, AKA John McClane, they can't hear anything. These people are just cannon fodder, aren't they? For the movie because our hero is is the only one who can stop these maniacal terrorists or whatever they are, or this big cartel of car thieves and stuff. So, yeah, it it always plays like that in these movies, doesn't it? And it doesn't make any sense, because it's sort of like, well, why are you even joined up if you're that shit at shooting people or defending yourself? Jesus
1: Christ, there is stormtrooper-level shooting going on here, isn't there? No one can fucking hit anything, apart from there's the one guy driving the plane who, who... manages to get shot but there's so much shooting and no one can hit fucking anything and i tell you what chris no one can run in this either <laughs> everyone is so bad at running you know when you see like tom cruise and he's running in mission impossible he's proper running whereas i have to say you know god bless him But Raul Julia, when he's running, he (laughs) looks fucking terrible. And um, it's just one of those things that just jumps out at you and someone clearly can't run, but they're having to run for the movie. I don't know if you noticed that at all.
0: Yeah, well, yes, I did, because I'll tell you why. Clint Eastwood's like 60 and he's strolling, isn't he? (laughs) It's like the, the plane's chasing him and Charlie Sheen and he's just got a little jog on, Dave. He's got one of them jogs where it's like is there any point you might as well just walk fast you know like the planes after him he's not legging it like you would be would you because they're trying to kill him so yeah I, I noticed that straight away i absolutely noticed that straight away brilliant absolutely brilliant they have a great spot as well Raul julia i remember him in, in street fighter 2 you know i don't I haven't really seen that just
1: properly street fighter wasn't
0: it was it street Fighter? so i'm thinking of the game street fighter so street fighter he is and he's m bison and it and he well, and he was in Adam's family, but unfortunately, he passed away in about ninety five,
1: mm. didn't he? So it he was ni- ninety four. Oh, right. Yeah.
0: Sorry, right. Yeah. So he's pretty close. So he he was just gaining traction as a good actress, uh, mm. actress as an actor, sorry, and then passed away unfortunately. But yeah, this is a wasted role for him because he plays a baddie well, just not in this movie. The 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 dialogue and everything's fucking terrible.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, they both conveniently split up, don't they? Strom and Liesl, you know, and so uh, Nick and David have to split up and, you know, Nick kills off Strom, you know, which I found very weird (laughs) because, (laughs) like, Strom's on the... You get this weird thing where Nick runs out of bullets, doesn't he? Yes. And then I, I almost felt like is this a nod to Dirty Harry in some way? (laughs) You know, it's like, do you feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? (laughs) (laughs) Well, today is your lucky day. I run out of fucking bullets. And then he gets shot, but then, you know, he gets his own back, and then he's kind of on the, uh, the, what is it, like a travelator for your suitcases and whatever. And he's kind of on there. And then Clint Eastwood, gingerly tries to basically climb on top of him and I'm like is this going to be a recreation of an earlier scene? <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's very homoerotic isn't he? <laughs> it? He's like, like what are you doing? But obviously he's getting his gun which you know practicalities you know if it was real life you'd have to get the gun wherever but why not just walk around they're not that quick those travelators it seemed a weird thing to climb on top of him and climb over him to get the gun and then shoot him but so i thought that was just a weird scene and it just went on for a bit too long but then david gets his comeuppance as well i just found that really quite overly brutal i mean i know she's like a bit of a um well, you could say she's running around with a, a machine gun in the, the airport, so that makes her a terrorist. But basically, these guys have been chopping up cars, haven't they? You know, selling cars. In the in the grand scheme of evil doings, it's, it's not that terrible. So, you know, the fact that he just pops up like Michael Myers behind her, and then he's like, uh, he shoots her twice, doesn't he? And then shoots her straight between the eyes. And he's like, amateur, <laughs> you know, which is what she said to him earlier. It's like, it just felt just a bit too much for me. Dave, let's
0: be honest. The whole fucking movie is too much. I think <laughs> they were hoping to create a franchise from this, because obviously how it all ends when they've killed Strom and that, he's like, Nick gets promoted to lieutenant, and then you see David gets a new rookie, doesn't he, Dave? You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're so, so it's sort of like they were trying to lead into potentially we could have a sequel. There has never been a movie more obviously not going to get a sequel (laughs) than this one, Dave. (laughs) It was fucking garbage. But I'm so annoyed with myself because I have picked some fucking terrible movies that were my picks recently, Dave. I mean, Manhattan Chase goes down as one of the most iconic martial art movies ever. I know
1: uh, I'm
0: I'm standing (laughs) on that hill, but the ones before it, I've picked some duffers this year, Dave. I really have.
1: The thing is, Manhattan Chase, you went for that specifically because you knew it was going to be shit. And yeah. the, specifically, the added spice is that it's got Cynthia Rock Rock in it as well, as well as <laughs> Just Lauren you Just, Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so so I get why you chose that one. But yeah, like things like another 48 hours, I'm going to have to go back through the calendar. But I think you've done this to yourself a few times now where you picked something that you've thought is really good and then it's turned out to be shit. But yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you say about not going to get a sequel. It cost 30 million. And given the stunts, I can kind of understand that. But that is a that's a big budget for this movie, isn't it? But it made 21, so <laughs> there was no danger of it creating a franchise, I don't think. And like you say, it's, it's ridiculous at the end. It's like this guy has gone off on his one mission. You know, and and for half of that last act, he's sort of running away from the cops as well, isn't he, David? <laughs> so yeah. He's the fucking rogue cop shooting up the place. I'm not sure if that's all his jurisdiction. I'm not sure with all the witnesses who see that, like, you know, that basically the, uh, the, the woman, Sonia Braga, you know, she'd been shot twice. She dropped a gun. I'm not sure she needed a bullet in the head as well. <laughs> so I'm sure he'd be up for charges on that. But no, not in this movie. He's basically, he becomes Nick then, doesn't he? Nick moves behind the desk, gets a desk job, nice and cushy, at 60 years old. It seems a bit weird for him to stay out on the beat for that long and then and then decide to give it all up. But that means there's a position for David to step up then. and And David suddenly got this fucking confidence that he's the man and you know he's been assigned this rookie cop and so he's the mentor now it's like you've been on one mission (laughs) you've (laughs) done one thing and and you're still not clear to these charges by the way so again utterly ridiculous I didn't hate that end bit it just sort of made me smile at at the ridiculousness of it
0: Oh, unbelievable so Dave shall we get into our scores let's go So, Dave, I'll go first. It's my mistake, this movie, yet again, as I've said a few times today. Enjoy going through it, and literally, I was, what you would say, butter-cleansing, going, oh, my God, I'm turning my, co- my, my toes at different points in this movie, like, oh, my God, what a mistake. This is it's a fucking rubbish movie. they These bits I remember that the Sonia Braga bit I definitely remembered from like beat for beat. Literally, it's even weirder now, though. And I've got that like 20 25 year gap since I've last watched it. And you know, I'm I'm nearly mid 40s myself, so I'm sort of like this is really uncomfortable and and pretty disturbing that I still found it quite sexy, Dave. But anyway, let's let's not get into that. But (laughs) so I'm not going to send it to the bottom, I think I'm going to put it in Elm Street, Dave. Just it is not terrible i could probably see myself well no it is terrible but i could probably see myself watching it again I, just just for that familiarity of the fact that i've watched it so many times as a kid but yeah this is another duck egg that i've absolutely produced for us dave and i think he's done me more harm than you yet again which is <laughs> shit so what about yourself
1: so i'm not that far away from you i came into this thinking that, Look at that, Cassidy. This must be a hidden gem that I've just not actually watched. Uh, And it turns out I have watched it. It's just massively forgettable. But there are some decent lines in this. There are some good moments. Some of the stunts are pretty good as well. So that rescues the the slight nonsense of it. But I think for two-thirds of the movie, it's just fucking boring, to be quite (laughs) honest. It it doesn't really motor along. It's only that final act where we get some proper action and stuff. So, yeah, just just really not great. And didn't you say you wanted to say something about the music, by the way, just while I'm thinking?
0: Um,
1: no? No. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> no. Fair <enough>. I thought <laughs> oh. some of the music choices were a little bit, this is 1990, but did seem a little bit to nod to the 70s. So oh, shit, yes. Self-aware oh. about the, the 70s nature and, you know, the, the whole Dirty Harry vibe.
0: Yes, Dave, I'm such a bellender. I might well, let's, know. Let's Where's come, come back
1: to that. Yeah, yeah, no fucking yeah. idea. I don't have an opinion on that. Oh, wait, no, I've got some. <laughs> Sorry, to say about think. that? Let me just finish. So, let just say. So I'm going to send it to Elm Street as well. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen. Probably won't watch it again just because it felt so fucking long. But I don't know. Some of the, you know, if you watch the best bits on YouTube or something and it's about five minutes long, I, I could see myself watching that. So some people might really still enjoy this. I mean, it's, it's a buddy cop movie. So if that is really your sweet spot, you, you might like this, even though it's yours, Chris, and it's not, but, um, yeah. So Elm street as well for me now music.
0: Sorry. Yes. So that was what was quite off putty. Dave, it came back to me in a flash of brilliance, Dave, or otherwise known <laughs> as Mr. Horrocks, actually knowing what's going on and reminding me. So it took, took long enough, but, Yeah, every time they're sort of going on the attack, Nick and David, we get this police squad I kept thinking of, not like, or Starsky Nuts, There's just some weird rock, like, guitar shit going on or whatever it is. It's just, like you say, it's from the 70s. It completely takes you out of it. It's the sort of music that when there's a car chase in 70s cop movies, like Starsky Nuts, I suppose, that that was what would start off. And then they chase (laughs) after them. and. It's so out of place in this movie, but they use it about four or five times in key points when Nick and David are going to, like, sort of rescue each other or going into battle with people. It's really, really off-putting, I thought.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I don't know if it was off-putting. It, it just made it feel, for me, a little bit older than it was. Now, I know that it's 1990, and obviously Charlie, Sc- Charlie, screen, Charlie Sheen being on the screen um is what kind of puts it around that time as well he had a really short moment when he was really hot stuff wasn't he you know i think it was ferris bueller we saw him show up in first and then you know he started to get in more and more things chris there is a film which i was toying with choosing uh for next week called the wraith where he shows up in as well but i'll save that for another day so yeah, but but the music choices definitely are almost like an homage to to those seventies cops cop movies.
0: Yeah, definitely, Dave. Definitely, and also, Dave, you've segued in really well on that one. So it's your pick next week, my friend. What are you picking?
1: It certainly is, Chris. Now I've been I've had this on my list, my mental list, for a long time now and i think it's time a few weeks ago we chose uh, or we chose the royal Week. me uh chose battle beyond the stars and this week i've got a classic chris it is not only a fantasy adventure it is a fantasy sci-fi adventure and it is from 1983 and it is called krull on a distant planet A great kingdom was ravaged by beings who came from the
0: future to conquer the universe. Now. You say now, you're,
1: like, uh, yeah.
0: you're a <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I
1: can't wait for you to watch <laughs> this. <laughs> okay now. Thieves, bandits, fighters and brawlers. Are you yeah. yeah. Those are the kind of men I need. What? Well, you heard him. <laughs>
0: at the end oh, this of the is end, is like, <laughs> a journey must all my enemies today shares the knowledge you seek I shall <sighs> be
1: your king in the fortress you will face more than the slayers. what is about
0: to happen to them it could never have happened on earth <laughs> columbia pictures presents a world apart from anything you have seen before Pro. if you've watched some
1: shit movies over the years what is this this is Aww. amazing i think um, i used to love this one as a kid and actually if i was gonna have you know a bit of a movie weekend based on fantasy adventures uh Krull and hawk the slayer would definitely be in that mix. So, Chris, this is a classic. I actually can't wait to go back through this one. Uh, but even more than that, my excitement is heightened, knowing that you'll have to sit through and watch it as well. <laughs> now, I'm sure I can I, I should check it up, really. I'm sure it's Bernard Breslaw. you know, in the in the it? Really? Yeah. All
0: yeah. uh, right, okay. He was in Paul the Slayer, wasn't he? He was, yeah, oh. yeah. Oh, Dave. Oh, you know, I'm, you know I'm
1: reading the comics. They, they, they're they releasing them now. It's about three, three I won't be, reading. No, I I won't be
0: reading them. <laughs> <laughs> fucking no chance. they I've got to say though, your idea of a fantasy weekend and mine is <laughs> something completely different. Mine's a just delete fucking history fantasy weekend, not that
1: sort of fantasy weekend. Sam's <laughs> away, right? <It's>, uh, <laughs> bit of dish of the day.
0: Uh, bit of dish of the day, <laughs> <laughs> milf hunting stuff like that, day. But anyway, flash hey, the, Sam, uh, Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, I've deadly. just checked it. It's deadly. Bernard
1: Breslau playing oh Cyclops.
0: Classic, Dave, classic. Taking a break from Carry On movies. Um, yes. <laughs> oh, God. Right. Massive thank you to everyone, not you, Dave, for supporting <laughs> us over the years. Um, we really appreciate you guys. Get us to patreon.com forward slash the VHS Strikes Back. If you want to support us a little bit more, thanks to everyone past and present who's been on Patreon for us. If you want to email us, the VHS Strikes Back at gmail.com. And if you want to follow us on social media at VHS Strikes Back, so, paid, uh, the roll call of honour is Justin, Susan, Glynn, Timothy, Alec, Paul, Matt, Heath, Dylan, Kent, Lucky Lulu Green, Herb, Jax, Math, Blake, John Hammond, and Mr. Tony Farina, the living legend that is. So, Dave, we've done well. I've got IMDB up, but I'm not going to do it because you've picked an absolute shit show for next week. What are you going to take us
1: out with? <laughs> well, we've mentioned uh, saucy movies a, a few times in this podcast, and I was thinking, well... <sighs> Lines that would go well in this movie and also a bit of a saucy movie, Chris. So I'd just like to finish off and say, there's got to be a hundred reasons why I don't blow you away. Right now, I can't think of one.
0: we could build a fire, sing a couple of songs, huh? Why
1: don't we try that? We better get back, because it'll be dark soon, and they mostly come at night. Mostly.
0: I'll be back. Mm-hmm. That's not. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Wax on,
1: wax off. Ah! Ah! Get to the chopper. One ring to death.
0: Alright. Ding! bust you up. Go for it. Well, here we go. Uh, so uh, bad. bad. Uh, so bad. Come on. You must be crazy or something. I'm crazy. You're just a stupid Yeah, fool. yeah maybe you stupid. I ain't breathing heavy. A He's a fool, is stupid. i, I see you in six oh, months.
1: I've seen that movie, Dave. I'm
0: getting a fucking stirring now. But anyway, I'm going. See you next time. Bye.